Greetings, episode 84. I'm your host, M. With me is our regular host, Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hey, hey. We are a week late because uh, uh, Destiny's grad school stuff. Now we have to decide whether we go again in a week or if we wait another three weeks to get back on schedule. I would recommend waiting another three weeks. Um, I thought we were going to go again in a week. Yeah, but we're starting another movie podcast next week. So I was like, maybe not. Oh, well, I, thought, I, I, I guess that's fine then. Um. So long as we're not on the VoIP Life week again. Yes. Um, okay. Well, we'll be back in three weeks. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, movies, now more than ever. Don't expect to like them. <laughs> it's movies! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackson, have you seen anything? Uh, I've seen a movie. Okay. Uh, I watched uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh. Um, in the theme of legacy sequel starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> probably much worse um this movie fucking sucks you're all insane you're all you can matter now i should i should be saying that last on podcasts <laughs> who who is everyone here because uh the people people talk about this movie like it's safe cinema it's like a real movie no it's fucking not it's just <laughs> not it's a sequel to top gun what i feel like everyone's lost their minds when i hear them talk about this movie first of all the action is okay at best uh the script is embarrassing um it's just like cliches all the way down it doesn't really commit to them uh it's the entire movie is about how uh tom cruise is cooler than everyone else or like doesn't push the new kids right it's he, he owns them all he's better than them and when it comes down to it he's better than every new pilot in the american military every pilot in iran who they fight that they don't, don't even say iran out loud even though it's obviously iran that they're bombing uh, as they start world war three in this stupid movie i hate it so much it's it i, I knew it was gonna be evil right i knew it was like american propaganda the movie that's fine uh that was known going in but i just it was just very boring um and i had just heard for a year about how you got to admit this is a classic movie and i'm just mad everyone who said that has no taste uh has apparently no fucking self-respect uh (laughs) i just think like i don't think that if because marvel is like owning all of cinema uh that we need to say oh yes the fucking um tom cruise movie about how cool tom cruise is uh and how cool the american military is and you know directed by the director of tron legacy of all things is the savior of cinema i don't think we have to debase ourselves by bigging this shit up and that's as <laughs> mean as i'm gonna be about a movie i guess <laughs> most controversial i've been on air uh but i truly hated this movie in every possible way i think it's awful boring i can't can't believe that it got the got smart people said this wasn't terrible i don't know what's wrong I, doesn't matter you know, I can go on this all day, but I won't. But yeah, hello, point. hi, yes, that's true. Um, all right, uh, I watched uh, VHS two, um, which was bad, not as bad as VHS one, but everything was a different type of zombie, basically, and um, it just was super dated. It's been like three weeks, so I have no memory other than it was bad, and um, honestly, is eclipsed by the next movie I watched, which was Demolition Man, um which I had not seen since I was a child. Demolition Man fucking sucks. Uh, you can't make a movie uh, set in the the heady year of... Uh, 
from the early 90s, set in the far distant future, where the thing that society needs in its soft, weak, uh, liberal uh, utopia is a shit-kicking LAPD cop from the 90s. Uh, that is a fucking loaded thing uh, that you just can't do. It's miserable. Uh, I had such a bad time, and I didn't remember any of that stuff. I remember the seashells. I remember the tickets for swearing. Uh, you know, the Taco Bell thing. The fun stuff, and not the other stuff, which was bad. Sounds like a doozy. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, I watched Barbie Fairytopia, the next Barbie movie. That was fine. It was good. It was the first, like, thing not based on a famous story, just like an original one. And instantly it became a fake Lord of the Rings where a Barbie just walks across landscapes for an hour and a half. Do the landscapes um, look any good in the CG at this point? <laughs> no. I mean, like, better, but no. Um, but it just, like, instantly goes from, from, like, you know, adaptations of classic works to you got to go on a quest to collect, like, six things, and you got to go uh, through these lands, and the whole thing is, like, everyone else can fly, but she doesn't have wings yet, so she's got to fucking walk. And she just hoofs it through fantasy landscapes. Uh, it was ridiculous to see them immediately just go to the, the very modern conception of a type of a very like aughts conception of a modern film. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And then uh, I watched a couple things, but the only other one I'm going to shout is I watched the big boss, uh, the Bruce Lee movie, um, which was pretty good. It's like a very slow burn, but it is a movie about uh, how you can't let your boss promote you into being a boss yourself because that's how they get you. That makes them the big boss. Yeah, I think it's very like <laughs> cognizant of the way in which like you you workers have power but are easily like convinced through like you're gonna pay a little more and you're gonna be in charge of these guys because you're the one with your head on straight and then just instantly makes you the biggest asshole in the world. Um and what you should do is kick them until they're dead. <laughs> well, I am not Bruce Lee, so um You should still kick having... your bosses until they're dead. I just don't think I'll have the same success. <laughs> that he would have in these areas fair enough um but it's pretty good uh that's about it for me i've been mostly gaming i've not been watching a lot of movies Mm -hmm. destiny i watched three movies so the first one was the 2023 film by kenya barris uh you people starring jonah hill and eddie murphy and uh who else is in this movie lauren london and julia louis dreyfus and it's about this interracial couple played by jonah hill and lauren london who uh have these very ridiculous parents uh his parents are like these jewish liberals who are really excited to have a black daughter-in-law like a little too excited and her parents are um Neil Long and Eddie Murphy and they're like super militant Muslim black Muslims who uh walk around wearing Fred Hampton was murdered hoodies and uh decided to uh both sets of parents decide to meddle in their children's affairs and it's it's a whole thing. Um it was okay. <laughs> like for one of these, it was okay. Like, it, it made some nice points about uh, just white people who mean well can still fuck up and 
Uh, but it plays a lot of the, like, black militancy as, like, this huge joke, and it was weird, because I agreed with most of it. Um, and Eddie Murphy was kind of miscast. Uh, he's just too goofy to be this dad. Um, and Jonah Hill looks like shit. They should have gotten a cuter white boy. Um, he's got, like, beach hair. I, he looks, he is not a bad looking dude. Like, but in this movie, it's like he did everything in his power to look like shit. Like, he's got bad hair, he's got a bad beard, he just looks like shit. And it's very annoying. <laughs> um, um, I'm taking a look. Oh, wow, he looks like dog shit in this movie. Yeah, like, he could look so Why much better. Why is so slicked back? I don't know, it makes me mad. So yeah, that was uh, a minor sticking point, but it was annoying. Because Lauren London's really cute, and he just looks like dog shit. Uh, and, and I, I know he's not a bad looking guy, so it was kind of weird. Um, there's a news story. I googled this just to see how Jonah Hill looked, as you said, and then I saw a news story saying that Jonah Hill and Lauren London's "You People Kiss" was CGI. Which what? Yep. The very last, like, yeah, they get married at the end, and there's a CGI kiss between them. And the joke <laughs> is, it's because Jonah Hill was so bad looking that Lauren London didn't want to kiss him. But my theory is somebody had COVID or something. <laughs> I didn't actually read the article, so I don't know <laughs> if they explain it. But okay, I, yeah, I, don't know. I assume someone was sick or something the day they had to film the kiss, or maybe one of the actors couldn't make it. But yeah, that that's the famous thing about this movie is that that the kiss is CGI'd. <laughs> um. And then the second movie I watched was a great documentary from 89 by Karen Thorson called James Baldwin, The Price of the Ticket. And it's just about the life and death of one of the greatest American writers um, who had a bunch of cool people at his funeral and lived this amazing, like, turbulent, but like, amazing life and it just kind of celebrates him and they talk to his biographer they talk to his bff maya angelou they talked to uh just a bunch of different people about him just telling different stories about his life in paris and his life as a gay man back in the day and the kind of things that he was angry about and just it's it was really good like i don't really uh, have much to say about it. It was just a really good documentary. The Criterion Channel has a bunch of De- uh, James Baldwin stuff, and it's all worth your time. Um, especially the film Not Your Negro. I am Not Your Negro. Um, and then the last movie I watched was the 2023 Elizabeth Banks Instacult classic, Cocaine Bear, which is not as funny as it thinks it is. Um,. I, like, really enjoyed it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't. I had a blast. But I feel like some of the jokes were just not really jokes. Um, It's about this sort of hodgepodge of people that convene on this Georgian National Park. And at the same time, uh, the late great Ray Liotta is this cocaine baron who, like, his stash gets dropped off in this park. And the bear snorts a bunch of it and goes on a murderous rampage and it's really gory and really funny. And, um, there's also a kid that gets lost in the park. So Carrie Russell plays the mom who like goes after the kid. And then there's a park ranger 
that goes after the bear and it's so it's just like a bunch of different people and then there's um O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Alden Ironrick. I yeah I cannot say this guy's last name. Uh but they're like the two drug dealers that are going after the cocaine and uh it's very their relationship is very funny. Uh they just have this like sensitive drug dealer thing going. But uh it's just I don't know. It could have been a better movie. I really like the gore, but like the jokes just didn't land very much. Um Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is the standout in this movie. He's got this really cute dog that he's kind of obsessed with, and uh that uh also carried me through. But yeah, I I, I like this movie, but I, I just didn't think it was as funny as I thought it was. Um, and those are the three I watched. Mm-hmm. Movies. <laughs> yeah, don't expect to like them. Uh, all right. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Our movie club this week is two films. Two cinemas. Do you want to talk about them one at a time? No. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> I uh all right if you say so I don't know I I could have done either way. Uh our first movie is The Hustler uh based on the novel The Hustler by Walter Tevis uh directed by Robert Rawson screenplay by Sidney Carroll and Robert Rawson uh starring Robert New or sorry Paul Newman, Piper Laurie, Jersey Scott, Jackie Gleason this came out in 1961. Uh we also talked about The Color of Money uh which is a film uh adapted from the book the color of money by walter tevis screenplay by richard price directed by martin scorsese starring paul newman tom cruise mary elizabeth uh mastrantonio uh and helen shaver this came out in 1986 uh, i watched these originally when i was doing my scorsese project i was going to go watch color of money and i was like oh this is a sequel to a movie so i should watch the original first uh and watch the hustler and uh love both films <laughs> i love them then I love them now. My opinions on them, uh, what is good about them, have changed quite a bit, but uh, I really enjoyed revisiting these. Um, Jax, would you briefly talk about what these are about? Yes, I will. Um, so these are about uh, Fast Eddie. What's his name? What's his last name? Whatever. Felson. Fast Eddie Felson, uh, who in the original movie in the in the Hustler is a uh, pool hustler. Uh, going around the country to pool halls, uh, picking up small scores with his pool skills, but wants to uh, not go legit, but like he wants to play pool against the best pool players and win. He doesn't want to hustle and, and cheat to get money anymore. He wants to take on um, uh, Minnesota Fats, uh, the best pool player uh, that comes into the, this pool club Ames every day at 8 o'clock uh, and uh, they they start playing pool and um after losing for a while eddie is able to go up uh he's up eighteen thousand. um but instead of taking the money he just keeps playing keeps playing until he's back down again and uh minnesota fast is able to outlast him and is left with nothing uh and the rest of the movie is about him clawing his way back up uh falls in with a girl um who tries to have like a sad romantic relationship with him falls in with uh another uh like uh the steak horse uh who 
is trying to teach him the way of things and like how to be brutal and calculated about being a winner in society uh and eventually the girl like sees the like abuse uh, of this system that is tearing him up uh kills herself and in the tragedy of uh like seeing what his uh gambling life has done to her uh realizes the truth of pool goes back beats minnesota fats uh and, but the the stakeholder the the stake horse is like if you walk out without giving me my share you're never paying pool again so he manages to walk out survives this but it can no longer play pool by the capitalists that control everything uh and that's where the movie ends and then color of money 25 years later uh he has not played pool for 25 years he is a whiskey salesman um and he occasionally is a steak horse himself uh using young guys to like hustle people in the pool finds tom cruise who like has it he has the shit he's playing super cool pool but he's also uh a child he's a child moron idiot who doesn't know anything <laughs> other than how to play pool and be an impulsive little shit uh so has to team up with his girlfriend who's his her, his like current stake horse slash like manager in the sense of you know the guy who's back in the hustler who has to real guys in uh who can actually like pay up uh because tom cruise does not have the sense yet they go on a big road trip headed to atlantic city he teaches tom cruise the ways of the craft uh tom cruise does not listen really but eventually picks up enough uh they fall out and um eddie picks up paul again himself and finds the love for the game again they meet up again at atlantic city uh he beats tom cruise and it's like i still have it it's great tom cruise reveals that he was totally flopping uh to to because the payout's better that way and he realizes that he has taught tom cruise everything that he was taught and betrayed all his values and uh swears to go straight and beat tom cruise for real one day because he's back the end of the film that's the movie those are two movies he's back baby he's back uh how did everybody find these i absolutely loved the hustler i thought it was like one some of the best acting uh two just a sexy movie so sexy um (laughs) uh piper laurie and paul newman have like the most explicit relationship i've ever seen in a movie of this era it was like shocking to me um I thought George C. Scott was really good. Uh, always loved Jackie Gleason. Uh, this was the first movie I'd ever seen him in because I've only seen the Honeymooners. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. Color of Money, I liked a lot of things about it. Like, uh, I thought, what's his girlfriend's name? Carmen? Yes. Yeah, I thought Carmen was badass. I thought, uh, like, Paul Newman was great. Tom Cruise is kind of just, he's such a fucking shitbag that it's hard to like root for him, but you know, he acts well. He's, he's very good. Um, hated the soundtrack. Uh, but those are my overall thoughts. Let's get into it. What'd y'all think? Uh, I am not exactly aligned with Destiny, but pretty similar in that I, uh, i thought the hustler five-star film classic instant classic incredible movie uh, and i thought the color of money was uh, a decent enough sequel um did, did not hit as hard as the hustler did which is a banging mm-hmm. movie yeah um, but i do agree like the best stuff in the in the color of money is uh the relationship between um paul newman and uh carmen uh as they're like working out 
the, like what does it mean to like manage a sports superstar and the thing about being a sports superstar is that because you like come into it young with talent you're still like 12 tom cruise is still mentally a 12 year old in this movie yeah uh, it's kind of how they play it and it's like how do you like satiate the ego of this man child that uh, has grown up with like knowing he's had talent so hasn't had to like fashion the ability to be a person in conversation uh and they end up fashioning that to like the most cynical end and feeling very bad about it <laughs> is how it goes um mm-hmm. so i thought that stuff was was um pretty good but i think overall it just didn't have the uh just didn't work as well as the hustler which is a oh, fucking fantastic movie Love yeah movie. it was just missing the heft it just didn't have yeah. enough heft um, so this, I guess I'm going to make the defense of Color Money. It's not defense. It's a great, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, so The Hustler is just one of the classic films of mid-century American cinema. Straight up. You can't argue it. It's just good. It's like, um, it's so fucking good. Um, but it's like, it's about the like American myth, right? Like of tough guys and the, the tragic women in their lives and what how cool it is to stand there and adjust your t- suit and play pool for three days straight. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's, <laughs> um, it's just like leans into the high mythic and the color of money to me. The thing I I liked about it then and I like about it now is that it's small and shitty. <laughs> What's about guys it playing is- pool? Yeah, it, re- it remembers that this is about got just some fucking dirtbags playing pool. Um, everyone's fucking old. <laughs> like, Paul Newman's old, and all the guys he knows are old, and they all look like shit, uh, and they're just, they just hang out in these dingy pool halls, most of which have shut down, so they just get into worse and worse buildings as they go on. Um, all of the music is, like, of the era 80s music, but most of it's, like, unlike a lot of big 80s movies are not the shit you remember or like. It's just all the music that sucks. All of the fashion's kind of bad. Tom Cruise is a geek. He wears a shirt with his name on it from the Toys R Us he works at. It's, like, miserable. <laughs> the only good fashion in this movie is Carmen's leather skirt. I just feel like this movie encapsulates, like, a reality of the 80s that 80s cinema is often very afraid of. Um... Yes. Everything about this seems tawdry and pedestrian, and I think there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, in that, you find a movie about how actors are just going to get bodied by the being of Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Scorsese knows it. It's like this guy do- like doesn't have the thing that Paul Newman has and has always had. But it doesn't matter. He's got something else. And it's weirder. And it kind of sucks. But it's going to work. It, it's very yeah. strange watching this right after uh, Top Gun Legacy, which is like all about the myth making of Tom Cruise is the last real movie star. As this is about the view from the 80s, which is like Tom Cruise, star of Top Gun, high concept movies that aren't about anything other than to sell you something. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is two years before Rain Man, right? Like, right, you yeah. have to get in before he becomes that guy. Um, but I mean, like, even even in the context of like, you watch the I watched those two movies um, like very close to each other, so they're mm-hmm. in my mind together. Uh, and like, in the eighties, Tom Tom Cruise represents the like terrifying future of like, what if like vapid hot guys that are just good at physicality and spectacle with just nothing there, nothing yes. under the surface, um, and they're just children. Like they never they never yes. got it. They are just arrested children. Um, Whereas, like, you know, in 25 years, he's making uh, myth-making movies about how uh, he's a dinosaur, but he'll he'll never truly give up the way of life. Um, and it's just, like, a whole different world uh, um, of, like, Tom Cruise in context. 
Yeah. The, the other thing that I really like about The Color of Money is that it's about a guy who just gave up. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he stopped playing pool. He's still a hustler. He's still a he, he, he's he's he is going around to bars selling them cheap whiskey and fake labels to like mark it up and like pretend it's top shelf. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. his job as a whiskey distributor. He is just a hustler. He never gave it up. Um, but he's just like full grandpa mode. Right. He's like, oh, I don't play pool anymore. I, I I'm high on the Bible, even though. No, you're not. Don't say that. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> he says he says, oh, it's a young man's game. But he's talking about fucking pool. No, it isn't. Like, yeah, no, it it's isn't. not a young man's game. You're talking of pool, sir. When they, get to, when they get to the competition at the end, it is 95% old-ass men and Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, there's some, like, you know, young dirtbags hanging around. But it's yes. a lot of, like, old guys, middle-aged guys, out-of-shape guys. It's not an athletic sport. He's not, like, past the prime of his fucking sporting life. He's playing pool. It's just pool. It, it's just pool. And that is one of the things that Card of Money captures really well. Um, but then when he like gets a taste for it, when he realizes maybe I'm not actually out of the game the way I thought I was, um, he gets a fucking training montage that I can only describe as like Kubrickian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the way the music swells as he's getting like an eye exam and swimming laps. Just like, I'm like, they just gave him the fucking, uh, um, Oh, why can't I think like the Clockwork Orange shot of him getting the eye exam? Oh, yeah. Like it feels like it fell out of a different movie where suddenly he's transformed into like the idea of reclaimed glory in like a declining masculinity. Um, and he gets it back. He gets he's a, he gets his glasses. He's able to play pool. He practices a bunch. He's a fucking great pool player uh, and then realizes he doesn't actually want it that much. <laughs> well he does want it yeah but what he wants is to be a guy who can play pool and hang out with his like girlfriend who he's probably gonna marry and have the thing he thought he wanted when he was young and not be in it in this way right i mean the thing he wants is for like pool to mean something which it doesn't yes. it's pool yes like the entire mythic thing of, of uh the hustler right is like he gets that whole scene about like, it could be anything it'd be bricklaying right if, if a man can do it and believe in it then that thing is beautiful um mm-hmm. And it's like deeply like sports anime. Everyone in the world cares about Tiddlywinks today. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, that's just the world he lives in. But it's for pool for him. Uh, yeah. And th- like you know, in the first movie, it's all about the grand tragedy of uh, his like belief being crushed uh, mm. by all of the like manipulative forces, and winning just comes down to uh, like degrees of money. Um, and it's like that again in the second movie, uh, but much more about like. Tom Cruise doesn't even see doesn't even see that there is beauty in pool. He just see he just he's just good at it. He enjoys winning, right? Like he does it for yes. pure reasons of uh momentary thrill. And he does at least like he fashions that into like teaching him when to lose, but only for more money. He doesn't Tom Cruise does not need to prove to himself that he can beat like Paul Newman. He doesn't I it offends him that Paul Newman cares about the sport in this way. Yeah. Uh yeah. And him realizing that he cares mostly just about playing a good game. Um, like, I feel like the implication he's going to go back and get a job and on the weekends he's going to play pool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being enough and good. Meanwhile, Tom Cruise is going to go uh, be fucking Tony Montana, but for pool. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's just very, I think it's funny. I think it's like really uneasy about what it means to like excel at something and like age and uh, generational turnover um 
and like it's not it doesn't hit as hard right but part of it i think is deliberately dispelling the myth making of jackie gleason uh raises his glass to paul newman as he walks out of the pool hall into destitution right yeah it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever what are you talking about this is incredible it is the greatest <laughs> thing ever but it is like buying into a myth that i think is worth like lampooning sometimes right uh yeah but like it's, it's also like uh, i think the hustler's smarter than that i think even when it's doing its myth making it is puncturing its own bubble of like the myth is the, uh, yes. the it's it's it's, too, it's doing the you know the classic movie thing of this is a movie about how the American dream is fake, which Scorsese also loves to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, my when I watched uh, the Hustler Destiny, I was like, as it, the ending where he walks out and uh, Minnesota fast raises a glass to him, I'm like, this is like the ending of a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> like it just but, feels like mm-hmm. this is like on his face metaphor meant to like slap the audience and make them understand that this is like this is what we're talking this is what capital does to people <laughs> yeah i mean beyond that it's literally a western right he walks into the yes. saloon and everyone turns yes. to face him it's just the ending of unforgiven on some level yes um <laughs> it's, it's doing all these things uh trying to like make this grand statement about pool of all things i think like the hustle is very aware of how small scale the like the conflict is yeah yeah, uh, it just presents it in a very different way. The, yeah, by the nature of it being a big, expensive, black and white 1961 noir movie, um, it just has an aura that I like seeing deflated deliberately by the color of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the truth color, of the matter... Color, color of money is about Tom Cruise breaking out the super weapon and then acting like an idiot as he does like karate moves with the, the magical pool stick that he's got. Yes. And everyone um, looking at him, like, everyone's clapping, but because he's, like, a trained SEAL. Like, there's no dignity in it. <laughs> no, there's nothing. Um, God. I, I just have to say about The Hustler, the thing, the, here's the truth of all cinema, which is that there's nothing better uh, ever than a uh, black and white movie shot in scope. Uh, <laughs> that's true. It really is the best thing you could ever ask for. So it's like a very looking. small window where that's happening, but man, that's what it's all about. Like, the apartment yes. was one of these as well. It's great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this is not to deride The Hustler. Like I said, it's one of the classic films. Uh, it's so good. Uh, Piper Laurie in it. I, I had not seen Twin Peaks the first time I watched it. So watching her being like, and after this, she inherits the paper mill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was very funny. She's so good as like a, a not functional alcoholic um, who kind of just floats through life. Uh, it's really good about it's like, not like neo-noir but it's like post the heyday of noir vision mm-hmm. of like two down on their luck people finding each other even though it, it, it it's not going to lead anywhere right it's nothing good there right it uh, shouldn't work but yeah. they sexy <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it's really good about like she's not a femme fatale right like she yes. easily could be uh but the movie intentionally plays her as like um i don't know like the exact term but like her whole thing is she is uh broken in a way that feels very real uh it does not feel like it's romanticizing that she's a hot girl that um uh paul newman runs into and immediately hook, like hits off with uh but she's just like prickly and rude and yes. tired in a way that is not entirely meant to be alluring but it makes yes. it makes it more alluring in the present time. you know what i mean right like there's she, a humanity she, she, she's to the, she's his age something yes. bad happened her in the past she's going to college even but like is too old to be going to college kind of aimless she like has a limp like there's like a lot she's she's drinking like a fish uh there's a lot of like things going on with her yeah um, she's got a whole interiority before he gets there yeah but but also like 
he is romanticizing his own plight and he's like i'm gonna crawl my way back up and fight minnesota fats one day it's the only thing he can actually think about uh, yes whereas she has no like there's no romanticization of her suffering it's like he's gonna save her right in the way you might think of she's just like i'm 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 in this i guess one day i'll be in something else like it is very matter of fact about mm-hmm. the situation isn't like doesn't her suffering does not play into a grand like narrative understanding of uh her like realization as an individual in america in the way that his does um i do think i do really like the way in which color of money uh portrays eddie and carmen's relationship without referencing any of this but like Mm -hmm. he's not that guy he's not going to do this to her uh yeah like there's a there's a bit where like they they vaguely tease or like there's a bit early on where he like comes in and she's like naked in the bathroom and like look giving him a look through the mirror and he just was like we're not here to fuck like we're here to make money stop it knock it off i've got a girl back home uh yeah not only are we here to make money but like any in common are like the actual partner <laughs> it's weird that tom cruise gets top billing in this and not those two because like tom cruise is not a participant in the discussions in the like in the framing of the no. movie right like no. he is the talent yeah um, and it, like it's it is definitely doing like a um, Boogie Nights esque thing of like what what happens when you're a dumb guy that just has a thing and it has to be like you know aimed at a at a target and this it's sports rather than porn, uh, but uh, <laughs> it is a similar situation going on. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think it's telling that like she got a supporting actress nomination, right? Like, yeah, she's fucking great. She's one of the best parts yes. of the movie. Yes, she yeah. really is. Uh, and Cruz did not. He's busy making Top Gun this year. He's fine. Not worried about Top Gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, she's I'm so smart. She's like so. I don't know how to like verbalize it, but just the way this character is written is just. You don't see a lot of this in. Uh, I feel like uh, the girl in in the eighties movies about couples. Like she's just so in the know. She doesn't. She has she she could easily have been like this girl that gets mixed up with the wrong kind of guy and gets pulled through that whole thing but she's like she's just ahead of him 10 steps at all times. There's there's a bit early on where they're talking and Eddie's like why are you with this guy? This guy clearly is like a child and you could do better. And she's like yeah cuz he he's he's perfect. <laughs> and there's a bit where like 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 half an hour later where they're in the diner and Eddie's just giving him the business, just yelling at him about something or whatever. And uh, Vince is like, okay, I understand. And gets up and hugs Eddie. And he clearly doesn't know what to do with it. It's like, this is such a real emotion from this child. Um, and I don't know how to process it. Cause I don't live in a world where people express vulnerability like this. And she just is like sitting across the table in her booth, like looking at him and be like, this is why, this is why I stay with this guy. And I think it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. very true yeah uh paul newman's so great in this movie i uh, he's just great across the board um but i think the color of money paul newman is fantastic um the bit where he like wins and then walks he's like very stoically walks out he's just got good like old man energy and walks like just dodges out the side door and then goes yes and then calmly walks <laughs> that was so good it was so funny uh i love that for him <laughs> Uh, he's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, excellent stuff. Yeah, I just, I just think the the juxtaposition of the two is like what makes this really interesting. Like, you got mm-hmm. one good movie, um, 
and another movie that I think is really good. Um, but the two like next to each other being about the same characters adapting, you know, two different books by the same guy. Uh, well, I mean, just the, as well the, the as things I wish there was more of. The Cut of Money is not an adaptation of the book. They just took the title. It's got nothing to do with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I did not know no, that. No. Like, I looked it up. The book's about him, like, trying to find Minnesota Fats. Oh, really? Um, the, oh. The, the literally entire plot is invented for this movie. Huh. Okay. I didn't know that. That's in, that changes a lot for me. Like That's interesting. Just my perspective on it. That's interesting. Um, but I, yeah. Oh, sorry. I did read the thing. No, no, go ahead. That they were gonna try to put Jackie Gleason in it, but like there was not a version of the script that he ever liked, and uh, so they just didn't put him in it. <laughs> you don't need him. I don't think it would work. I don't it, think so it, either. It's, it's not about the same thing. Yeah, it would completely capsize it. At least if you've seen him, it would either capsize it or it would like puncture it, right? Because he's yes. gonna like flip the movie over to being a because be- Minnesota Fats in the in the original movie is such a mythic figure <laughs> of yeah. like. The, the one of the best scenes in both of these movies is early on in the Hustler, while Minnesota Fats is like playing pool uh, and beating beating up uh, P, um, what's his, what's his name uh, Eddie Eddie yes uh, and just like destroying him in the first few rounds uh, and uh, Eddie's partner is watching it like fuck we're gonna lose so much money uh, but Eddie's watching it and like do you see how, do you not see how beautiful the, this man playing pool in front of me is showing me the beauty of form itself uh, <laughs> and he just like loves it in a way that's uh, incredible I love that scene um, but th- imagine that if like it, you can't put the, this in the movie where like five minutes later uh, he has to go get beaten up by baby Forrest Whitaker um. <laughs> yes. The thing about Jackie Gleason in the movie is that he's he's barely like it barely matters to him, right? Like this is a day where he plays pool. Uh, for me, it was Wednesday, right? Like that's the vibe he gives off the entire movie. He's he's just calmly put together. He this is his pool hall. He rules it. At the end of it, he still rules it. it you can't change the facts, right? Yes. Um, and I just like that about his presence there. It's very removed. He's like a guy who does not break like the the aura of minnesota fats for anybody who walks into that pool hall uh yeah and like there's the whole entire thing in the in in the movie is like the character of minnesota fats is a constructed idea he like yeah. breaks the move he like breaks the 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 flow of the game to go into the uh washroom and wash his face prepare for more pool uh and like that's that's part of what um what's his face the, the shitty guy uh gives him the um monologue about is like knowing how to do that to like hold yourself as a person have composure and come back for more 30 hours into your epic marathon pool session challenge of manhood uh is more important than talent on some level that's like a different thing you have to cultivate um, yeah which that people like that don't exist in color of money because they're just playing pool in the world's shittiest tournaments <laughs> there's a bit there's a bit where the uh, he where eddie walks into the big pool hall and it's just like ping pong in that moment it's just like <laughs> it's just like a grid of 20 pool tables and it's like yeah this is it this is like a regional competition it's got a bunch of judges it's very it's very boring uh yeah it's pool it's boring yes um and the i think the scorsese has uh loves to shoot fancy shots of pool though there's a lot of like i'm really gonna shoot the shit out of this in that movie yeah i mean you can you can truly feel the 25 years of cinema passing between these two. Yes. And that's partially because mm-hmm. for 1961, The Hustler is like a classic Hollywood movie pretty late. Yes. Yes. Uh, as I like stayed black and white noir with very, uh, uh, like everything shot in the master. Uh, 
all of the, the dialogue is like extremely overridden and uh, in, in a good way, like, you know, very deliberate back and forth uh, things where everyone's challenging each other. And Color of Money is much more, you know, Scorsese, uh, stylish camera with naturalistic dialogue as we go back and forth with the um, like yeah. mumbling and it. Like, it's just an entirely the, different vibe. The cinematographer of uh, The Hustler is uh, Eugene Shuftan, who'd been working since the 20s. He was you the can cinematographer tell. on Metropolis. Wow. Damn. Damn. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was really interested in, because the way that the Hustler shoots pull, like, they don't ever really pull away or, like, do close-ups of the shots unless they're very specific shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, who learned to play pool for this? Who who didn't, uh, who had a stunt person do all their shots? And it's like, everybody in the Hustler learned how to play pool or already knew how to play pool. Because, uh, like, I think Jackie Gleason already knew how to play. Paul Newman learned because he was a method actor. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought that was really interesting. And then I didn't look up for The Color of Money if Tom Cruise learned how to play pool for it. Tom Cruise did like, everything but the one big jump shot, which they got someone in. Because that's literally, like, an impossible shot. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. And to be fair, they, like, cut away to, like, a weird slow-mo shot. They're, like, very aware that it's not Tom Cruise in that shot. Yes. But I never felt during The Hustler that, like, oh, clearly they're not making these shots. And it, it's a very different vibe. Well, yeah. like the, the Hustler, when it goes into a pool montage, because it's this is one of the sports that's hard to uh, cinematically show. Um, mm-hmm. There are many sports where it's... There are sports where it's easier, there are sports where it's harder. The sports where it's harder tend to be, like, pool or basketball or basically anything that is about lots of points made over a long period of time, like, and not about, you know baseball right you have the one hit that's gonna matter the thing that i like about this is that both that the color of money acknowledges that the games the actual game has changed because tv happened right like people are playing nine ball now instead of straight pool those are very different games with very different rule sets and different tone to the game being played and i think both movies really represent the very like you know straight pool is you get you get stripes or solids. You carefully take your shots. You got to call which pocket you go in. Nine ball is just fucking sink that nine ball. Like if you can if you can break really hard, you might just get lucky. <laughs> so I, I I have I didn't know what nine ball was for years because pull straight pool is what we play over here. <laughs> so so um, the, my thing was that nine balls in every video game pool that I've ever played, like the monkey mm-hmm. ball pool, is nine ball. Um, and when I you play video like. When I play that, the, my goal is typically just hit the ball as hard as possible. You'll probably sink the nine on accident. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't violate the rules. I haven't like played pool outside of a video game in over a decade at this point. But yeah, I, I, I don't like playing same. actual pool because I'm pool bad is at boring. it. Uh, I use I use digital pool any day. <laughs> yeah, I used to play it a ton just because it was like. Uh, like when I was a, a tennis thing, like the, the, when I used to go every Thursday after school, places where there would be a pool table at, right? It was just a yes. childhood. It was like playing at the arcade. It was just a thing that I did occasionally. And yeah, here yes. like straight pool. I guess I didn't call it straight pool. It's just pool. Uh, is is yeah. um yeah the one that I'm used to. So like nine ball is still not really common here. But also like watching pool on TV isn't common here either. So I assume that's a big reason that they never changed. Because mm-hmm. um, absolutely, just like a pub, there is a pool table in a pub type activity uh, mm-hmm. over here. Um, I don't I'm pretty sure how- like Yakuza only has nine ball. Maybe it has eight ball. I I think of straight pool as eight ball. Uh, I'm I all had to get used to colors and stripes because I'm like you mean red and yellow uh, like pool. <laughs> oh right. Because <laughs> the thing here is like if you. Straight pool is the simple game. Uh, Snooker is the advanced, the real game. Like sh- sh- pool's already the baby game. <laughs> in, in my perception, yeah, I don't really know how snooker's played. 
Uh, is that the thing the fancy guy's playing in his basement? No, that's, oh. that's billiards. Yeah, that's oh, okay. billiards. Okay, yeah. I don't really know the difference, so. Me neither. Uh, I don't really know the difference. I'm purely going off of osmosis over a decade ago at this point. Okay. But okay. Snooker's like a point space game. Snooker's got a bunch of balls. Holy shit. Yeah, what a yeah. weird. Okay. You basically, you, you pot one red ball and then you can pot one other colored ball and you do that in in sequence over and over and over again. Interesting. Um, and so it's like there's, there's point strategy to it. I don't know. Never, I've never got in that far to any of this. I'm not like a go to the pub type guy. I, but this is yes. what, I, what I picked up from back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, but yeah, the thing about like the way in which nine balls is about like big moves and being cinematic and the movie represents that right eight ball is about tough guys smoking as they carefully take shots around the table (laughs) yeah i mean like the 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 thing that is like impressive and shows uh sporting prowess in uh the hustler is when you like call a shot that makes no sense and make it yes uh whereas um the color of money just like in a, in a pure sensory level is about what it means to hit a cue really hard into like balls crashing into each other with intense sound mixing and editing right that is like yes. the, the images and sound being put on the screen are all about emphasizing uh the like act of hitting a ball hard which is not really how the hustler plays the hustler is all about the ways in which like the spectators and time blends together as you uh get into the zone of hitting balls to pockets Um, so how revealing is it that fucking John Carmack watched this movie and was like, Tom Cruise, he's the shit. That's why our video game is called Doom. Um, was it, was it Carmack? It was Carmack. Carmack. It was specifically Carmack. <laughs> oh, that's why the video game is called Doom because the color <laughs> yes. of money? That's because of the color of money. funny. I had no it's, idea. He's so lame when he says it. The entire scene is about how much of I'm a gonna, fake lame guy he is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this interview from Doom World, who came up with the name Doom itself. There's a scene in the color of money where Tom Cruise shows up at a pool hall with a custom pool cue in a case. What do you have there? In there, someone asked. Doom, replied Cruise with a cocky grin. That and the resulting carnage was how I viewed us springing the game on the industry. <laughs> Oh, I fuck. Mean... I hate Doom now. I hate Doom now. <laughs> John Carmack oh. is also a geek. Yeah, what a goober. Oh, this, this, is, this is my um, suffering because, like, this, this is how a lot of things actually happen in the real world. But in, like, yes. my own morality, I fucking hate young guys who think they're going to change the world by doing something <laughs> no one else can do. The, the text of the movie is that he's blowing their spot. Like, he, like yes. Yes, they say it beforehand, he does it, and then they do. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing about the movie, but in the real world, they did make Doom, and it's the greatest yeah. game of all time. So in this yes. case, I hate the John, like, I hate John Carmack, and I hate that he's right about himself more than anything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but he's never, he's never not been a wretched geek who's worthy no. of contempt. <laughs> Anyone who's, um, who doesn't really know about video games, please go and look at, like, the Quake World 95 video of John <laughs> Carmack, uh, bigger than he's ever been, video game superstar, explaining what they're gonna do with, like, the next Quake project, and he just goes on for five minutes about like networking protocol and it is genuinely as like a work of cinema the most boring thing i've ever seen it is almost transcendent how boring listen to and speak it i just can't <laughs> focus it slips through my fingers entirely it's incredible yeah he's always been that guy uh fuck him john romero had it john romero had it that's so true <laughs> uh, yeah i'm glad we watched these because it was fun to revisit them yeah no these are both great movies um 
it's good Paul to Newman, get just one of the hottest guys ever. Oh my god, it's like distracting. I I'm sorry <laughs> to keep bringing it up, but like during the Hustler, there were multiple scenes where I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Paul Newman's too pretty. <laughs> uh, there's a me and Destiny is uh, it's color of money. Paul Newman for me. <laughs> I can't get past the mustache. Like the mustache I, is unfortunate, but it's just the era. What are you going to do? He's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like he aged into a beautiful man, but that mustache is the worst. <laughs> um, the whole bit where Tom Cruise is like, he not Tom Cruise knows he's it's been explained to him that they're going to do a con <laughs> that, will, <laughs> that will involve uh, Paul Newman and Carmen like pretending to touch each other up. It is integral to like disarming the people in there. The, the con would not work without this element. This has all been explained to Tom Cruise. They do the con. They like kind of feel each other. Not even feel, they're like touching each other's back. Right? He's not like making out. Uh, and. Outside, Tom Cruise just loses it. He's so mad. And, like, it's not even, like, sexually threatened because he's not, like, ex- he's not, like, um, you know, uh, logically thinking it through on that level. It is purely, like, that's that's mine. I own this woman in a way of, like, but you don't. She owns you. She's working you. The entire movie's about how she's working you. <laughs> you don't own anything. Yeah. There's a scene where, like, she talks about how they first met and, and she has a necklace that he doesn't know that she stole from his mother. And that to me, like explains everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. You're saying that like, this doesn't happen much in movies, but you're, you're right. You're right. Like this kind of like, just uh, for the eighties, like yeah, the, 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 the uh, supporting woman is usually not this mm-hmm. savvy to, in, also, in, in my experience. The, I just don't think a lot of movies would give the like leading young guy, the space to be this, weird like there's a bit where they're celebrating their win and um and eddie comes in and she's like in bed in like her underwear and like a shirt and he's just jumping on the bed like a child yeah it's really funny because then like you know 20 years later tom cruise is about to do this in on a talk show and it's like one of the you know tom cruise events oh my god you're very right. loaded as like here's a scene about how weird tom cruise is jumping on things for no reason yes um, <laughs> Uh, Scorsese could never have known the like yeah. loaded nature uh, of these images. Um, yeah, I think I think that stuff's all really good. Just like a lot of great weird character work with actors who normally don't get movies big enough to like they have the bravery to just let them be weird. Like Tom Cruise never gets to be weird like this again until like Magnolia. Mm-hmm. He's got that little cameo in uh, that Ben Stiller movie, Tropic Thunder. Which Tropic is Thunder weird. is not weird like that. That's like an intentional comedy about the, like subverting the myth of Tom Cruise. This is he. This is the kind of pathetic you can only make an actor when they don't even realize how pathetic they're being made to look. That's true. This is like you sell us to Tom Cruise and like this is a movie about you being the like superstar hotshot pool guy, uh, and it's actually a, mo- a movie about how he's like the most vapid human to have ever lived. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do we have anything else? I um, don't. I, I feel like we didn't talk about the, uh, the the Hustler enough, which, again, one of the great All movies. Right. I loved it. Yeah. I, I don't sure. have much more to say other than I really I really did like it. The scene with um, uh, Piper Laurie and uh, who's the, the, the other guy? The, the George Scott, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, the theme with those two, like, going giving their back and forth on like you know which which mirrors the um paul newman and carmen stuff from later but in a much darker way yeah uh, i mean georgie's guy this movie is basically like 
like like he's probably some episode about the devil coming to town. Yes, <laughs> he's he's so good. He's so good. Like that scene of them in the um, uh, in in the bar where he's like, I was betting against you. Like I. I know when to bet. I know when to when when to quit. I know how to like play the numbers. Um, and like the the thing that is kind of lost in um, the color of money, uh, there's there's a little bit of it in the um, uh, first Whitaker scene, uh, but like color of money doesn't really like it. It, it thinks of Paul Newman's character as being like um, about the game of pool. It doesn't get across the part where he's a gambling addict. Like he is. Yeah. The hustlers I think the bit where he's like smooth, he's trying yeah. to pitch bad whiskey to the lady he's been dating for seemingly years. I think that's like part of that. Yes, but it, it like nothing comes close to like there. There is an addiction that he has in in um, the hustler that's just so much stronger than any of the things yes. that Color of Money is about. Like the scene in where he's been playing pool for like a day and a half because he can't just take the winnings. He has he is playing a different game of like personal domination um because he thinks that's what sport is uh but mostly because he just rejects the like the idea that there's a margin good enough to count like that's george c scott's view and he finds that the most evil thing and is eventually like proven right Mm -hmm. um yeah i think all the way that stuff comes across is really really good uh and like Tom Cruise doesn't really have that. He's not like addicted to to gamble. He's he's addicted to winning, right? He's he's an actual hustler. Because the, that's the thing is like um, Tom Cruise is a hustler who is here to like exploit people and 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 like win, but to like find the right targets. Like he doesn't want to beat that one guy who doesn't have any money. He doesn't want to like he has a child's view of the morality of the situation essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas Paul Newman is is like literally cannot stop until either one either he or the other guy are out like he physically is incapable of stopping i thought that was really interesting for sure oh good movies yeah you know what this is a great pick i was the the the, i was like oh two movies but you know what you see why you had to do them both yeah you had to do them both oh yeah you could, you could just do The Hustler, but I don't think you can do Color of the Money without The Hustler and have no. it be like a conversation worth having. I, I think you could, but I don't think it would. Yeah, I, I, the conversation's worse. And I think like the entire second half, like, I don't know how the part where he starts playing pool again matters when you haven't seen him play pool before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Hustler is a very famous, popular movie, right? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. This is yeah. Watching Jersey Scott in this, I was like, maybe I will watch Patton, which is a movie I'd kind of written off. But if I could watch him in a big movie where he's just like the main guy, you said to me that like, isn't Patton about like Jingoist and maybe about America? And I was like, isn't it the opposite? Is it like a Godfather situation? We'll have to see it. I don't know. It's three hours long is the problem. We do Patton next week. We do Patton next week if you want. <laughs> three weeks. <We're> <laughs> yeah, how about you? Fucking shut the hell up. Uh, all right. Uh, if you'd like to send questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, our question of the week this week was, what's your favorite needle drop in movies? Um, and we have some emails, so we're going to run through the emails, some of which are about that, and then we'll get our answers or whatever. Um, we didn't have that many emails, but that's all right. Um, all right. Uh, Andy writes in, 60s Paul Newman might be the coolest person of all time. Uh, really like the hustler is more down on color of money. As for Eddie, uh, let's see. We have a question. Oh, for an alternate sequel to Hustler, I would like to suggest Cool Hand Luke. The thing with Cool Hand Luke is that it thinks he's fucking cool. 
And I think that Fast Eddie's not cool. And it's important to know that that is a guy who, when pressed, are you going to be a cool guy? Or are you going to be a human being? He was like, I'd rather be a human being and walks the fuck out. Uh, yeah. You're not wrong. Yep. Um, any other favorite Paul Newman movies? And then Andrew's answer to the question of the week was uh, The Marriage of Figaro from The Shawshank Redemption, which is a ridiculous but not incorrect answer. It's a great answer. <laughs> I love that answer, scene, yes. too. Uh that that movie is uh, very dear, near and dear to my heart. The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Paul Newman, I really like him in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He is also smolderingly sexy in this, but he is so anguished, and Liz Taylor just busts his balls the whole film, and it is great. So if you've never seen that, you should see it. And then he also has a role in, uh, I believe this is from, I can never remember if it's an '80s movie or a '90s movie, but The Hudsucker Proxy. He's mm. he's really good in that, but like I honestly I haven't seen him in much. Uh, I just still haven't seen Cool Hand Luke. Uh, I saw Cool Hand Luke, which I didn't really like. I've seen Butch Cassidy's and Nance Kid, which I was a little eh about, but he's good in it. And then like these movies, and I think that might actually be the extent of my Paul Newman uh, watching, mm. which feels weird. Yeah, it does feel weird. like I like, feel uh, like he's, he's in Road to Perdition, more... right? Like he's in a couple like older films that I've seen, like more recent movies, but like I don't really think of them as like Paul Newman movies, right? And that's how I feel with the Hudsucker Proxy. Like it's not quite, yeah. it's not a Paul Newman movie, but he's in it and he's good in it. Uh, but uh, Cat in a Hot Tin Roof is worth your time. That's one I should watch. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, do you have any? Um, like Paul Newman movies? I, yes. Not really. Like he's not a maybe. Let me go look up because I genuinely like I don't know what he's been in other than these two like Cars, right? Like I know him as a famous guy, <laughs> but I, I don't to my mind have like what are the Paul Newman roles I've seen? And I'm taking a look now, and uh, yeah, I actually haven't seen a lot of these um a lot of these at all. Yeah, I think it really is just these and cars that I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen the other ones. Okay. Um, okay. So I guess I'm just underseen on, on Paul Newman other than just knowing him from culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you say something, Dusty? Oh, uh, his, uh, after he died, they published his autobiography, and I really want to read it. So I'm going to okay. get on that. Uh, Hilfer writes in, uh, for the question of the week, the thing I was thinking about, uh, this is kind of a longer story, but I'm summarizing, was uh, where is my mind at the end of Fight Club, but not the Fight Club version. There is a flash video, uh, the fifth <laughs> avocado on albino black sheep that was about a duck who blew up a dam and then it played where is my mind and because I was 12, I, I, I didn't identify as a Fight Club lift, but as a unique, powerful, artistic moment. <laughs> That's very so funny. So true. So true. Yeah. That happens when you're 12. Um. Uh, question, uh, who's your favorite leading guy who never quite made it to huge film star status? Uh, Taylor Kitsch, Thomas Jane, or Brandon Routh, for example. Brandon Routh is definitely one of mine of those. It's wild to me that he did not take off. Well, Doomed to television. I don't know who's on that level. For me, I'm going to go old school. It is uh, Sal Minio, who was famously in Rebel Without a Cause. I just feel like he should have taken off. He didn't take off, and then he died. Yeah. Um, that's true. It's it feels weird to say this because you're gonna laugh at me because he's one of the biggest movie stars ever. But I feel like he got sucked into the wrong like timeline. Uh, Chris Hemsworth should be a bigger deal. I, I get, get that. That's a different. That, that you're answering a different question. I know what you mean. That wasn't what yeah. was asked, but yes, I do know what you mean. By I that. get what you mean. But by he that. should be a leading man in movies that are about him being a film star and not. I also feel this about Chris Pine. Chris Pine just got like owned by Hollywood. Right. I get that. That these are sound answers to me. 
Uh, I genuinely, yeah, I genuinely have nothing. I'm like, wh- who, who do I? Because I'm not following like the big movies, and also there aren't any movie stars anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what who is at this right level. Yeah, uh, that's why really... I didn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm just saying. I like this is a really hard question to answer. Uh, With modern yeah. actors, I find it's very difficult. But like, I could be like Donald Sutherland should have probably like he took off, but he didn't like take off. You know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, more from an older era. I feel like nowadays it's harder because it's like you're either one and done or you're in a Marvel franchise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tron has some questions. Uh, there are separate emails about each movie. Let's see. Is there anything? Um... Mm-hmm. We talked about pool games. Uh, we none of us play pool. We're not pool people. I hate. Jesse's pool. like pool's so boring. I was like, I I watch pool. I, I watch, <laughs> I'm enjoying watching this. Um, and then color money. Blah, 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 blah. We talked about the soundtrack. That Eric. Uh, what would you think about? What would you think about living motel to motel? Sounds awful to me. Yes, I need like my own space. I need to feel comfortable. I need to feel safe. I, I don't like the motel, like the hotel lifestyle. <laughs> I could do it. um what's your favorite breakfast meal to order a diner oh um i just like eggs hash browns and toast i'm real boring that's true you do like those you are boring get me the coffee and all the creamer i've never had breakfast at a diner in my life um so i have no like i'm i will have like cereal at home and then i'll go out and have like a coffee or something um, it's generally how I do it. So I don't know what I would order for breakfast. I just have a very boring order then. <laughs> we got to get you to the States and get you to that diner life. Because I think you'd yeah, enjoy no yourself. Rules. We don't have diners here. We've got cafes, but like not diners. I don't, you know, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. You like eggs? You like potatoes? Awesome. I mean, I'll fine. have some eggs or sausage. You know, I, it's not that I can't order breakfast. I just don't have a breakfast order because I don't order breakfast. I eat it at home. Um, I uh, love, uh, I either like um, corned beef and hash uh with egg on it hot sauce it's good i like uh biscuits and gravy again hot sauce i love hot sauce my uh, savory breakfasts um (laughs) you do i like a french toast i love breakfast food is one of the best foods to me tapatio right yeah uh, that's what they have there they have either tabasco or tapatio and given the choice i'm gonna pick tapatio um yeah i'm boring because it's like white toast and scrambled eggs (laughs) No, I like a blueberry muffin or a blueberry pancake. They're all pretty good. Mm. Oh, now I want blueberry pancakes. Well, we had pan- I had pancakes two hours ago. I didn't because I don't really like the pancakes at the place we ordered from uh, yeah, compared to where we usually get breakfast. But yeah, anyway, it's <laughs> rambling now. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, that was it for questions. Again, I'm normal mapping podcast at Gmail. Oh, you know what? Tron wrote in a uh, music drop. Um, which was MIA's Paper Planes and Slumdog Millionaire. It's a good okay. song. Um, which leads us to everyone else having to do this job. Um, the obvious thing, the hard mode, is you can't name Tarantino or Wes Anderson films. Because they're both so good at needle Though, drops. I, here's the thing is they're both excited. Like, when I think of this question... I think of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I think Son of a Preacher Man when she puts it on in like before they go on their date. I think of Girl, You'll Be a Woman soon when yes. she like purposely like pushes the thing yes, to put all, it on. Yes, yeah. Classic needle drop moments in cinema. Mia Wallace existing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my answer. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just to, to add on to you. I think of um, the Rushmore war between um, um, Bill Murray and <laughs> Bill Murray and the kid uh, Jason Schwartzman as like uh, the Who's playing. That's my thing. Ooh, that's um, a good one. Which, like, yes, hard mode. I will have to find another one. <laughs> but uh, my go-to S. Anderson is uh, the Nico song that plays when Margot T- Tannenbaum gets off the bus, which I think is everybody's. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Um. But my I'm, my oh go ahead. My most of my pools were like Tarantino, like across 110th Street at the beginning of Jackie Brown. That's also um, that's fantastic. so good. Yes. Uh, my two answers, if we're allowed to answer now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Magnolia. When they're all singing "Wise Up" by Amy Mann, like every single character in the movie is just singing along to this song, uh, and it's great. Um, it's a weird moment because it doesn't really make sense, but it's just, it, it means a lot to me. And then the other one was, uh, oh shit, I'm losing it. What was it? I, I, I didn't think of it until we started recording. Uh, but, <sighs> oh, it's the scene in Reality Bites when they're in the car and Tempted by Squeeze comes on and they just sing their hearts out and it's just a super cute like, we're young, it's the 90s, and we're remembering this 80s song uh, moment, which isn't as uh, nostalgia-y as them singing My Sharona in the convenience store, but it's it's a nice little moment between uh, Winona Ryder and Jeanine uh, Garofalo. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's a good movie. I just saw the beginning of a documentary about Generation X, and Reality Bites is all over that thing. <laughs> oh. so I've just, it's just been on my mind uh fair enough um I also think of the sound of silence in The Graduate when he jumps into the pool like right you at were the just end a, you were just about to take mine because so The Graduate has a Simon and Garfunkel score and most of it is for the movie but the sound of silence at the end is not it is a pre-existing song um oh. yeah um, like Mrs. Robinson written for the film, obviously. Okay. Um, but Sound of Silence isn't, and so it does count here, and it's it's good. Um, because the end of the graduate is it, heavily lampooned, but still one of the greatest endings in cinema. It's true. Um, uh I think of um Sister Christian in Boogie Nights. Yes. <laughs> I almost picked um, that, but I was like, somebody else will. <laughs> Yeah, uh, where they're just sitting there as that guy lights fireworks, does a does a um, putney soap reference, and it's just the most uncomfortable situation anyone's ever had. Oh, um, so good. Yes. One of my favorite things. I, it's great. I love it. Enhanced um, by seeing putney soap years later. <laughs> yeah, Wait, what, I had not what, seen putney soap. What song? Uh, uh, Sister, Sister Christian. Christian. Is that what's playing? Okay, because I was like... Yeah. They, they play Sister Christian and then they play Jesse's Girl. Yeah, oh, Jesse, Jesse's Girl is the one for me. Okay, but the same, the same scene, I guess. Because I'm like, hey, yes. I, I, I yeah. also have that one, but it's Jesse's Girl. So. Okay. Yeah, no, when he's like dancing to the Night Ranger drum solo. Yeah, no, it's it's classic. Um, And uh, whenever the song comes on, I think of the movie, uh, Somebody to Love is, for me, the song from The Cable Guy. <laughs> Every single, ever heard it. Yes, every single time that song comes on the radio, me and Em look at each other and say, "Cable guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think of Jim Carrey just belting that out. Uh, another poll is uh, "White Rabbit" in "Fear and Loathing Las Vegas" because that I, I that's the first time I'd ever heard "White Rabbit." Um, 
for a lot some, of movies, a lot of songs I heard the first time in movies. For somebody who grew up on as much '60s pop as you did, that it was what was on the radio. Me. They were I, for some reason they just weren't playing songs like that on the radio. Oh, okay. Because you just seem you like you know '60s songs I've never heard of, and then like yes. you'll be like, the first time I heard White Rabbit was in a movie <laughs> from the '90s, and it's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Fear and Loathing Las Vegas in, like, the weirdest context in the world. Um, we're probably never going to cover it for this. I would love to, other than Johnny Depp sucks and uh, What's-His-Face also sucks. Um, Benicio? The no, the director. Oh, I can't think of his name. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to. But I have a lot of affection for Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. But um, I saw that on a high school debate trip, um, <laughs> which would have been, like, 2001, 2002, where... Someone brought the DVD and I remember falling asleep and like being like half waking up during Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is the best way to be exposed to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when you're a sheltered child in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But I did. I barely remembered it all in my head and had to like get the DVD later to watch to be like, what was that thing? I'm a nerd because I was like, oh, it's the Monty Python guy. I gotta see his movie. That's how I was introduced to it. <laughs> This is before I was a movie person. So. <laughs> yeah, there's so many good needle drops in movies. Like, it was kind of hard to pick one. So I was, like, per- perusing what people were picking for films anymore. And it's just, like, all fucking Marvel movies. And it's a real bummer. Guardians of the Galaxy when the they Guardians play. Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll admit, though. I hate. Um, oh, fuck. What is the song? The There's a. Um, uh, it was since you've been gone. The uh, Rainbow Song is in the new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, and I was so mad. It's one of my favorite songs, classic dad rock song that I just love. And uh, if 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 the fucking Marvel guys get that one, I'm gonna be like mad. No, you can have garbage like the you know racist song from the first movie. Uh, <laughs> um, a movie I hate that has a really great. There was in one of these lists was um this is the end, which is a fucking terrible movie. Ends with a full on music video for Backstreet's Back. Yeah. Yes, um, and it's the only good part of that movie. <laughs> movie sucks but that scene you is so funny in what you maybe in that like clearly cashing someone else's check at the end of the film yes. <laughs> like, you could have made a movie that made me feel something but you didn't have you didn't have it you didn't have it in your soul so you had to bring in a ringer and that ringer is the backstreet boys yeah right on um i think and uh mine in terms of like i don't, I don't have like necessarily uh oh this is my best one i was going through thinking ones but um uh i always think of uh mrs robinson in not in the graduate because that's from that but in the uh lemonheads version that plays in the wolf of wall street <laughs> oh um, which uh that and also um slip john b the cover by uh the me first and the gimme gimme's plays in wolf of wall street when he's on the boat uh and that basically <laughs> shot me in the head while i was listening because like that's my fucking weird punk rock parody album covers thing that i listen to some it is not a movie that i like music that i think that serious directors will have ever heard of in their fucking lives <laughs> so it, like it was like i just was winded i was winded hearing uh like the bad 90s punk songs that i uh listened to uh, oh, in that movie i just um, thought of one. Oh, go on go on go on oh i, I also had uh uh the first cut of the deepest and seven psychopaths oh okay, i don't remember yeah, just, that it's just like the refrain of that movie. It, it's not like deep, right? I just like it when that song plays in that movie. And um, that's the last movie that guy made that anyone is going to enjoy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, when in Spring Breakers, when they all start singing that Britney Spears song. It's true. I remember being baffled by that in the theater. Just 
absolutely just like, what? <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate it now. <laughs> I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm Googling best needle drops. I need to see where the culture's at. I did that earlier. And yeah, there was a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. There was a lot of uh, people bringing up the Nico scene in Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, there was a list. You know oh, mm-hmm. go on. Sorry. Uh, this has um, Wayne's World Bohemian Rhapsody at number two, which is like a very obvious answer. But it's obviously it a trailer. I feel like it's too much. It's, they, they advertise the movie off them singing that song. You know what? And it worked because it's fucking great. Yeah. Rhapsody, and they're always, in the car and they're dancing it. It's that's I, classic cinema. I you always, can't tell me. Always headbang to Bohemian Rhapsody because of Wayne's World. Like not because of Wayne. No, it's uh, only you only think it's because of Wayne's World. Wayne's World was saying a truth that was already there. Everyone headbanged to Bohemian Rhapsody. It was already true. That's a good uh, point. That song is a Bohemian banger. Rhapsody is overplayed on the radio. It that's is. My take. It is. Yeah, but, you may think that, but if it was to come on in the car, would you? Headband. No, I'm usually like, oh, again, really? Yeah, you oh, are. Fucking it's no true. fun, bastard. What are yeah. you talking about? Oh, yeah. No, M is just a hater. Um, there are ten other Queen songs I'd rather hear. Oh, fat bottom girl, not fat at bottom girls. Uh, uh, don't stop me now. In uh, fucking is it Shaun of the Dead? I don't know. That it is. Saying. It is. Don't stop me now. In, in yes, me, that's a fun one. That's a fun after, one. After uh, after Hot Fuzz, I simply don't trust. Any, any of my memories oh, about Edgar that I was the other thing that. that kept coming up when I googled it was uh, Baby Driver which I have not seen but I hate Baby yeah, Driver yeah I'm not so gonna overwatch that people were just like oh Baby Driver had so many good musical drop needle drops it didn't it like edits things for the beat uh, but in like a really awkward ba- I hate Baby Driver it's such a phony movie it's so fake none of it's emotions here I hate Baby Driver what a terrible movie anyway, well he did it great in Shaun of the Dead uh is that it yes okay Jackson what are we watching next time uh, next time we're going to watch the uh, 197 hang on let me check exactly what year uh, the 90th 1979 Japanese movie The Man Who Stole the Sun oh shit I've never heard of this because I was looking I was like you know what it's been a while since uh, you've wanted an- to do this one forever yes so I'm really glad it's been a while since we picked an indulgent weeb choice uh, and I think this one's more interesting than some of the ones I could have picked um, yeah. is it animated and- no, 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 God, we we would just do that on Beach House if we were watching. Anime. Oh, okay, sorry. This is a movie I discovered because I was like, "Damn, what's the the best song?" And even Galen Two Point I was like, "This song's great. It's one of the best songs, the best scene of that movie." Well, Shinji's walking around. It's the early on in the movie in the montage. I love it. Uh, and I was like, discovered they just stole it from this trailer for this movie, the, the theme for this film. Oh, uh, it seems way cooler. That so is cool. uh, now yeah, I'm going to watch just this. A, this is just a '70s Japanese spy movie. Uh, it's got a screenplay by Leonard Schrader. Yes. Yes. Right. I forgot that detail. Yes. Who's that? He uh, he wrote uh, "Kiss of the Spider Woman." Oh, I love that movie. And Mishima: Life in Four Chapters. Oh, Paul Schrader. Uh, no, he works. He's he's Paul Schrader's brother. Oh, no, Paul okay. Schrader directed that. I but did like, not know that Leonard yeah. Schrader was a guy. Okay, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I those are two movies I absolutely adore. So you got he, me. I'm on board. He, yeah, he lived in Japan for ages, which is why he wrote that movie and uh, wrote this one as well. Yeah, that so. uh, Philip Glass score in Mishima, Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, <laughs> we're just talking about m- music in general. <laughs> well, this has a score by Takeyuki Inoue. <laughs> cool. I don't know who that is either. Uh, he's a famous uh, but, yeah, composer. That's a very famous okay. guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anything I've known? 
No. <laughs> He's very famous. Oh, you, there's I mean, nothing he you've is, heard of. But it's all cinema. Japanese stuff, and you don't really care that much about Japanese cinema. So I do care about Japanese cinema. Don't, don't no, put that don't. out there. I do. Uh, we know some fucking weebs. I'm sorry to say you do not. You do not qualify. We ba- we barely right. qualify, and we've got a podcast doing anime shit. I am I am not a weeb, but. <laughs> I I do like Japanese cinema. I, I I do have a special place for it in my heart. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, okay, plugs, Destiny at Fridge Buzz now. Most of the places on the internet. Uh, I use Instagram a lot, so if you're on Instagram, Fridge Buzz now. Um, my other podcast, Battling Girls. We have a spotty release schedule because everybody's going through it. Uh, but we will be uh putting out episodes soon and uh that can be found at abnormalmapping.com slash badland girls jackson you can find me at headfalls off on twitter.com and co-host uh you can find the podcast that me and em do at abnormalmapping.com what are we recording this week what are we recording we just recorded movie related that's movie related it's movie related yeah we're doing blockbusters in a week what's the blockbusters movie the blockbuster movie is Pretty Woman. Um, oh, fun! I've never seen that whole movie. <laughs> but we're starting um, Mortal Movie Nights. Yes. What's yeah, it called? Not, about that. Which is not on a normal mapping. That's on an actual audio. We should plug it. We should. Plug I know, it. but I have a whole system here, and I wasn't anyway. Just not being. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so what's we're this? Doing, Sorry. Uh, well, we, we did um uh bag and book club podcast reading lord of the rings uh the hobbit and silmarillion and now we're going to watch the movies we're watching the rankin bass hobbit movie first uh and then i assume we'll go into the animated lord of the rings and return of the king movie um yep. before going on to the peter jackson stuff and then and we'll leave and then we'll do the peter jackson hobbit stuff <laughs> you're not gonna you're not give me to watch the hobbit again not for anything my friend no, you Oh no, go on. So I was I was uh gonna ramble, but my friend put on Lord of the Rings for her dog last night and we watched a little bit of the two towers and I was like, Man, cinema. <laughs> I've got the four K if you wanna watch yeah, Lord of the Rings with me. Her dog is soothed by Lord of the Rings. Like the dog well, Me too, but man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah It's a weird dog. Like one time we put on T and G and Data came on the screen and she freaked the fuck out. <laughs> She's a weird dog. <laughs> Sure. All right. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore B. You can support the podcast that we do at patreon.com slash normalmavic for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project. Uh, we're currently watching Gundam Sea Destiny. It fucking sucks. We're watching R.A. Battler Dunbine. It's great. Uh, check in for Dunbine and Pokemon as always. Um, for $5 a month, you get uh, Blockbusters. We recently did Titanic. We're about to do Pretty Woman. I'm really excited for that because I've never seen it. Uh, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where we recently put out a VoIP Life where we did a seated competition of every movie we've ever covered on our podcast network mostly there's a couple exceptions but all the ones that matter um and it was great fun and uh, you can see what we think the best movie that we've ever talked about is um we got you gotta check that out it's good there's like top 16 honestly masterworks all can't go wrong yeah um that's it uh we'll be back in three weeks Until then, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them.